Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock, Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland. You're going to hear from Robert Sala ahead of Jets Giants, John Polano back in the fold later on in the show as well. Cynthia, you didn't really get a bye week, but we got a bye week. So I guess this is probably going to be like a little bit of like a teaser question. But like if you had a bye week, would you be the type of person to sit back and do nothing like I did? Or would you be the type of person to go out and travel and try to get like a little trip in when you can. I think probably I'd be like you and and try to chill out. I'm I'm sad that you guys had so much rain though. Like the rain every single weekend, that kind of stinks. Cause I would do like a, you know, be a tourist in my hometown, not like do a touristy thing, but like, you know, go on a hike or like go, I love some good, you know, fall activities. You guys get leaves that change colors. We don't have that out <laughs> here. So I would go and look at the leaves and just chill and try not to talk to anyone, turn my phone off. Maybe that would be wonderful. That's exactly what I did. I mean, maybe Perfect. not, not nothing like, fall activity wise, but more like, you know, what are places I've never eaten at that I've wanted to eat at for a long time. Now that I have the time to do it, let's rock and roll. I ventured out to Brooklyn. I never venture out to Brooklyn. I did it, but it was great. Great. So here we are. I've heard good things about Brooklyn, you know? Yeah. Brooklyn is, uh, not for everyone, (laughs) but it's good. It's been good to me in the past. I'll put it that way. You know who probably loves Brooklyn? JP. Who loves Brooklyn? The guy sitting to your, I guess it'd be your right. It'd be my right. John Polano loves Brooklyn. I yeah, Jake. I'm just going to call him JP from now on because he told me he wanted to make a rap album. So now okay, he's just yeah. JP. Uh, yeah, JP on mm-hmm. the mic. We'll get to him later. He yeah. can vouch for Brooklyn. JP, Big Brooklyn guy. JP from Brooklyn. I'll be JP from Brooklyn now. from Brooklyn. Exactly. That's his, that's his rap name. Yeah. Perfect. I think we're on to something here. So Jets are coming out of the bye week, taking on the Crosstown rival, New York Giants. And I think Jets fans, you know, it's interesting. The Jets are 0-2 out of the bye week with Robert Sala as head coach. Robert Sala said, yeah, I, I see you putting the hand out. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. Is that why? Well, both of them were coming off pa- – they were both against the Patriots. Yes. And it, you have to remember context. Two is not a sample size make. So, no, who cares? Like, Next. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> well, and next into 2023, which brings me to, to my next point. Like, I think if you're a fan and you're like, oh, like the Jets have struggled out of the bye week in the past. Obviously, last season, the Jets went 0-6 after the bye, like really left a sour taste in the team's mouth. Obviously, the fans too. But I think if you're a fan or if you're Coach Sala and you're on the coaching staff, like that is very much front of mind. All the players had T-shirts in their locker after the season finale last year after losing six straight that said finish, 
right? Like finish stronger, whether that's a practice, whether that's a game, whether that's a week, whether that's a meeting, it doesn't matter. This is the first opportunity to come out of the gates. The Jets are three and three. They're in the mix of things here. I know we're early in the year, but I would imagine that this would be front of mind for the New York Jets now entering the back half or close to the back half of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a couple of reasons why it's going to be such a big one. First of all, I don't think that either the Jets or the Giants want to be like embarrassed in New York, right? Like that just feels weird. These are two teams that have some some questions. If you look past like past five seasons combined, some questions in terms of wins and losses. No, no one would dispute that. So I don't think you want to be the one that comes out of this matchup without the W. And I think that the Jets will be sufficiently motivated. And I know we saw the Giants win last game, but I, there's there's still a lot of questions to be answered on that Giants roster. Well, the first one being like, who's going to be like quarterback? Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, the Daniel first being Jones. like, give me the injury report. Actually, maybe give me who is playing because who's not playing seems to be longer. Like just whichever one's shorter. Give me that. All right, so let's play a little game here before we get to the trick or treat game that JP from Brooklyn will fire up later. But my thing is, is this Cynthia? Like of the players who have not played for the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal did not play last week. John Michael Schmitz hasn't played the rookie center for the New York Giants. Like, how do you power rank the importance of who could potentially return? I would imagine Andrew Thomas would be one because he's an all pro and the Giants offensive line has been shaky. So if we agree on that, like who's next on the pecking order? I'm going to be honest with you. You want your quarterback playing. I understand it's been tough sledding for Daniel Jones. It hasn't looked great. But remember, Saquon Barkley is really the straw that stirs the drink in that offense. And you saw Darren Waller be even more impactful getting his first touchdown last game, despite being the leading team, the leading re uh, receiver on the team. I know he's a tight end, but has most re receiving yards on the team. So Saquon is the straw that stirs a drink in that entire offense. And with Daniel Jones and Saquon together, you're able, obviously, we need Andrew Thomas. Like, let's just do that. But I think it's, you know, people forget like the substitute value for quarterbacks is very difficult to find. It's not like they're just growing on trees and you can go pick one that's better, right? Like, you know, people are like they shouldn't have paid him. They should have paid. Like, that's not how markets work. And Daniel Jones had a great season last year. You can only deal with the information you're given. You can't deal in, in hypothetical. So Daniel Jones would be the next, the next answer to that question. So for, as it pertains to Daniel Jones dealing with a neck injury, as we sit here recording like Wednesday at mid afternoon, two o'clock, it's been said, or Daniel Jones was on the Up and Adams show on Tuesday, the day before we're recording, and he said, like, I can do everything, I just can't get hit, which is obviously the thing that's holding him back. And in football, you get hit. And when you play this Jets defensive line, you get hit. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, well, let's let's actually add some numbers to that because it's really impressive. So the Jets, the Jets defensive front is pressuring teams at a 41.9% rate. That's number three in the league. The Giants quarterback, so both of them together, have been pressured at the third highest rate in the league. That's number three. Now, Tyrod Taylor, Ty Taylor takes fewer sacks per game than Jones. But when Jones talked about being hit, I was like, well, how many sacks is he taking a game? The number is 5.6. Mm. So not getting hit is an understatement. You know, like, like – Yes, you're going to get hit in this game, whoever is playing quarterback. It's it's part of it. You know what's crazy, too, when you think about the first six games for the Jets? This is the first game that the Jets will not play a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like, Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl his rookie year, I think it was. That's so, like an asterisk there. Okay, five, He's five, like an alternate. This? Five out of the six <laughs> right. quarterbacks that Perfect. the Jets play. I'll give you that. I'll yeah, give you that. Thank you. <laughs> five out of the six are like premier quarterbacks. 
in the NFL or very good quarterbacks. Russell Wilson obviously was a very good quarterback past two seasons. Stats don't back that theory up nearly as much. But the Jets have had tough sledding. This is the first game, I would say, outside of the Broncos game where the numbers or in terms of the numbers of the opposing offense and the opposing defense combined are like very favorable for the Jets. Right, right. Yes. I mean, it kind of matches up really well with some of the deficiencies in the Giants roster. And one that I like, I mean, look, sacks aside and and the opportunity, stopping the run is going to be really hard for the Giants, especially because if you're looking at Brees Hall, he's averaging 6.5 yards per carry, which, by the way, the NFL record for a full season is 6.1, in case anyone was keeping track at home. And the, the real use case of him is not just when he's actually the ball carrier or actually the subject of a pass, but it's what he does for everyone else because he helps Zach Wilson stay on schedule ahead of the chain. So you're not making third and 26. No, no one's good on th- – okay, Patrick Mahomes is actually pretty good on third and long. But most <laughs> everyone isn't good on third and long. So, you know, you, you have to factor that in. And stopping the run has been – because all the Giants want to do is blitz. I mean, what do, what do we say? Like death, taxes, and wink blitzing. Like that's things that you can count on. So, you know, the only reason he's not the number one blitzer this season is because somehow Brian Flores won't stop blitzing in Minnesota. So other than that, but but just historically, wink is, is going to blitz you. And that just – you can create run concepts off of that because they know where the pressure's coming. It's such a different philosophy – from the Jets and Giants defensively because the Jets blitz 18 point. They have a blitz rate of 18.7%. I believe that's the second lowest in the league. And to your point, the Giants like to blitz. And by the way, they get a 37% pressure rate without using blitz. That's the, the, the Jets. So they don't need to, it's a luxury not to have to, to blitz, to, to bring pressure. It's a super big luxury. Then you get to drop seven back in coverage. A okay. But, well, yeah, you can't do that. That's perfect, though, because to your point, like this matches up well for the Jets because yes. right now, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed still in concussion protocol. Robert Sala did say, like, probably going to take up to game day. And then there was an update from the beat reporter saying, like, that they're taking part in positional drills. That doesn't mean that they're cleared. But if those guys are cleared, even if they're not, the Jets have an advantage there, especially if. Evan Neal, John Michael Schmitz, and potentially Andrew Thomas. Every time since the draft, every time John Michael Schmitz, do you hear the do you hear the song in your head too? John Jacob yep. Jingleheimer Schmitz. Yep. Every day since the draft, I was like, this kid. I, I was like, <laughs> I'm always gonna sing it. So every time you say it, yes. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's almost you know holiday season. I think <laughs> it, we're like close enough. It, John Michael <laughs> Schmitz feels like he could be a good Santa Claus, right? Maybe. I like it. We I saw Santa Claus walking on the beach yesterday. So if anyone wants to know where he is, he's here in Southern California. Well, he's taking his, you know, he's taking a vacation <laughs> right before it's busy season for him. <laughs> but don't do you think Andrew Thomas? Let's say Andrew Thomas does play, or Evan Neal, or mm-hmm. all three of those guys. Isn't this still advantage Jets? Oh, I don't. All due respect to them as human beings, they haven't, even when they're all, they've all been out there together, it hasn't looked great. And Evan Neal talked in the third person a couple of weeks ago. It's like, <laughs> Evan Neal, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you know things are bad when we're already, it's like week four and he's talking in the third person. So it's, and I like him. Look, coming out of Alabama, I had really high marks on him. So, and, and Andrew Thomas, too. Like, 
the concepts have to match what you're doing. And they didn't have Saquon. So you have to remember, right. it's a lot harder to run with Matt Breida than it is with Saquon Barkley, as it turns out. As it turns out, as one might expect. <laughs> and yeah, right. for for the Jets, though, I think if you're a fan and you're just kind of like briefly analyzing this game, uh, going back mm-hmm. to the Wink Martindale blitz scheme and stuff like that, I think that a lot of fans have like a little bit of a concern because you, you were talking about sample size earlier. Well, Zach Wilson has a small 2023 sample size, which obviously looks better than last season, but he struggled at times against blitz heavy teams in the past. So this is a team to your point that blitzes a lot of the time. Like how do you, how do you counteract what Wink Martindale does and what he wants to do. And if you're a Jets fan, like what do you hope to see from Zach Wilson out of this game? That'll make you think like, you know what? Things have really changed for Zach Wilson and let's buckle up and let's, you know, let's rock and roll for the rest of the season. You know, sometimes people use the word he's a system cornerback as like a, in the pejorative, right? So it's not a good thing to be, quote, a system quarterback. I would argue that every quarterback's a system quarterback. It just depends on what the system is. And I think that the opportunity here to really allow the the coaches to do their job and execute what is asked of you, I don't think they're sitting there being like, we're going to have them throw seven 20-plus air yard passes. We're going to rely on one-on-one matchups way outside with their quarter. No, no they're going to create an opportunity here to – First, in the first, you know, the scripted plays, they're going to do some things to figure out like, okay, what are their tells for this blitz in this game? What are they, what are they trying to do, right? So in the scripted period, they're going to use strategic runs and strategic quick passes to try to understand the fundamentals of this blitz in this game that they've come up with. Now, then you go forward and you say, stay on schedule, follow the system. The system is there for a reason. Nathaniel Hackett knows what he's doing. This is a good system. So I'm not, again, not using it in the pejorative. I would even argue Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback. Tom Brady, system quarterback. So be that system quarterback because you know what's coming for you. You know that some of their most talented players do not lie in that secondary. So get those nice matchups where you're going to have it because you got this guy who's really good downfield. Actually, you got multiple guys who are really good downfield, but you got this one guy who you have some good chemistry with happens to have the same last name, like get him in open space, allow him to run, catch and run all day. Yeah, I'm excited to see how the Jets respond to this bye week because I know I'm kind of bringing it full circle here, but based on the way last year ended and the like lack of yep. the amount of personnel changes in the offseason, like this taste of sourness and bitterness probably still remains throughout the locker room. And if you're C.J. Mosley, who's one of – a number of team captains, but he is like the captain of the team. Like I would imagine very much so that this is going to be a focal point and a point of emphasis throughout the week that no matter how fast the Jets thought they wanted to start, they need to start faster into the back half of the year. Yeah. And, and they need to make their adjustments on deep. Like the one thing that the defense could always look, I'm not suggesting that this giants offense is a world beater. We haven't seen that, but 
They do have a coach who has a proven track record of making good in-game adjustments. Brian Dable, if you look back to with Josh Allen, what he was able to do in second halves has actually been an improvement. Not every coach can say that. In fact, uh, there's a, a couple of teams down the road here. Well, one specifically where sometimes the adjustments aren't great and, and, and it hurts them, especially against the Chiefs. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about here, but obviously. But ultimately, it, it becomes a problem. But that's not – Dable's game plan – he knows how to adjust. So that's where the defense will get a little bit of the the wrinkles and folds, especially if you see like a Saquon situation where things start to come together for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see basically how both teams respond because it does feel like the Giants yep. are you know, figuring or they've started to figure some things out, although they've Absolutely. only scored 23 points total over their last three games. Just something to keep in mind, even though they did beat the Commanders last week at MetLife Stadium, final score 14-7. to But for more on this matchup, let's actually hear from head coach Robert Sala with Eric Allen. The last time we saw you was in that locker room after you guys upset the Philadelphia Eagles. You told the team, you guys inspire me. Why does this team inspire you? <sighs> You know, the, the amount of uh, love and appreciation I think each other, that each player has for one another, the, the position groups, the units, the team, um, the way the offense supports the defense and the defense supports the offense and the way they both support special teams and the sacrifice they've made for one another. You know, the, the sacrifice that was made in the back end last week, being short corners and safeties playing nickel and players playing out of position. We had veterans gun, uh, running gunner on uh, special teams and just everyone just putting themselves out there. You, you don't do that unless you, you just have an appreciation and love for your teammate. And, uh, um, and you know, you're, as you watch it unfold, and, and mind you, this have all happened like on a Saturday, the, the day before the game. And, uh, you know, so it, it is an inspiring group and, and how hard they work, how much they love this game, how they approach each day, how much energy they bring to the building. And, um, you know, and, and then you, you, you bring all that together and you just look back at the, the six weeks of all the, the different challenges that we've been presented with and, and everyone's presented with uh, challenges throughout the year, but just uh, uh, unique to us. And um, you just, it's, they're, they're, they're a great group. Is it a double-edged sword in terms of going into the bye? You guys win two consecutive games and then you got to take a break. No, you know, I, I felt like we needed it. Um, you always want your bye week a little bit later, but at the same time, you know, you look at the schedule coming up, you know, globally, you, know, you don't want to look, you want to keep it day to day, right? But globally, we've got a Sunday night game, a Monday night game, a Friday afternoon game, a Thursday game. So we got a, a, a wonky schedule coming up with all these short weeks, long weeks. And um, and we needed this bye week, one, to, to kind of just get fresh and get ready for the, for the second half of the season. And two, I, I think everyone needed to kind of hit the, the pause button mm. uh, after this, you know, just how how wild these first six weeks were um, from the the ridiculously emotional roller coaster of week one um, to adjusting the offense on the fly and uh, the, all the all the noise that surrounded this organization during the first three weeks and and now all the pats on that like it just we just needed to step back and just take a deep breath and watch football for a little, watch have a weekend of just watching other teams play and. Uh, and uh, felt like our guys did a good job approaching it. I think our guys did a good job just kind of taking a deep breath and uh, and hopefully we can attack the uh, second half of the se uh, season. You're a family guy. How much did you enjoy that Sunday being able to go to a few of those games with your kids? Oh, I love it. You know, because uh, my son, uh, they, both of them, they, my two oldest, 
they usually play at 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock on Saturdays. Well, we're in night meetings before the game. Um, my third one plays at 8 in the morning or 9 in the morning, but we're in day meetings here, you know, uh, um, on Saturday. So, you know, I don't get to watch them very often. I'm usually FaceTiming, trying to get updates. But uh, to be able to go watch them play, um, you know, it's a blessing. So, How do you adjust the schedule? You said this is your third year here and you're trying something new each time. Yeah, you know what, uh, the key is to keep them not just physically fresh, but mentally fresh. And uh, it's probably one of the things I learned a year ago. You know, you're, um, you know, there's a there's a mental exhaustion of uh, where the day just f can feel long and it just feels redundant, and you and you lose the juice and energy of freshness uh, mentally and and emotionally. And um, so you're just trying to find that balance. I thought uh, in year one we finished strong, but physically I thought we got a little bit beat up uh, last year. Um, didn't feel like emotionally we finished the way we wanted. Um, uh, so this year, obviously, and, and, you know, last year we just got beat up too. So uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So we're just trying to find that balance of, of uh, how can we stay both emotionally, mentally, or all three, the trilogy, if you will, but emotionally, physically, and mentally uh, uh, fresh. What do you think about Tony Adams making that play at the end of the game? And how much confidence did you guys have in him throughout the offseason? Because a lot of people came up to me and said, he's not even playing any preseason snaps. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. He's a, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I don't want to compare him to Quincy, but I'll, I'll compare his story to Quincy mm. in that he's, um, he's, you know, like Quincy, young kid, has tremendous physical traits, um, a really good head on his shoulders in terms of his preparation and his mindset. Um, his ability to grasp and understand both defensive and offensive football. And, um, and he's young, so he, he's going to need reps. He needs time. And, uh, and it's not all going to be high. You know, like Denver, he misses a tackle and there's frustration. And then Philadelphia, he balls out. And the next game, you know, it's, there's going to be some ups and downs, uh, just like Quincy had in his first year. But, you know, if you stay disciplined and you continue to coach him and you continue to give him reps, he's going to have a chance to be something special. We talk about how cool this roster is all the time, but when you think about guys like John Franklin Myers, who is a waiver claim, you mentioned Quincy, a waiver claim in 2021. And we talk about Tony Adams making this key play at the end of the game in week six against the Philadelphia Eagles. He's an undrafted free agent. How about Xavier Gibson now, undrafted free agent, who potentially could get more opportunities with you guys offensively now. We've seen him shine on special teams. You can throw Huff in there. Yes. Drafted free agent. There's, there's a lot of guys, but uh, credit to them, credit to Joe and his staff in finding these guys, you know. But uh, um, Xavier Gibson, um, you know, he's, his approach to the game is uh, like a five-year veteran. You know, I mean, he is locked in. He's the way he approaches the game, the way he approaches his body, the playbook, practice. Um, you know, he's, he's a really, really cool young man. And, uh, you know, he is going to get more opportunities and he's electric with the ball in his hands. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got a ways to go. He's got to uh, refine his, his route running ability in the slot and all that stuff. But you can't refine it unless you're getting those reps. And the intention is to help him get, uh, is to, to make sure he's getting those reps to continue to develop and become the player that we think he can be. How good has the special teams unit been throughout the year? And how much do you emphasize, emphasize hidden yardage? Yeah, you know, for my money, you got the best kicker duel in the National Football League, and your coverage units have been outstanding, and we've seen what X has been able to do as a return man. Yeah, um, 
those hidden yards are, are enormous. Morstead's been, been punting the heck out of the football. Uh, you know, we talk about backed up opportunities. When you can pin a team inside the 10 yard line, um, when you flip the field, like those are big, big, big yards in terms of one, from a defensive standpoint, we look at it as a turnover if we can force a three and out. Because odds are you're getting the ball at the logo, offense should score, you know? Uh, and, um, you know, so you look at those opportunities and, and the way the special teams unit has been both punting the ball and returning the ball. Um, and then obviously, Z has been been fantastic kicking the ball. Um, you know, it's those hidden yarded, yards are are incredible. You know, it's you know I always give the analogy. I'm like, well, you know, if you're the importance of the gunner and the punter uh, and the returner in the return game, um, I've always said, you know, if, let's go into a game for example. You kick the ball off, team takes over at the 25 yard line. You go three and out. They punt the ball. Um, uh, Xavier catches it and he returns it about 10 yards. We get up, uh, three and out. Morstead punts the ball, puts his foot on it. They got a fair catch it because our gunners are ripping and rolling on the outside. They catch it. We do that exchange twice. All of a sudden, they're taking possession at the 10-yard line, but we're taking possession at midfield. It's like, well, what the heck happened? They're both gone three and out. Right. Those are the hidden yards that uh, people never really recognize. And when you have gunners, the gunners we have and the punter we have and the returner we have, you can gain yards just by having that simple exchange all the way down the field. How about the discipline your team continues to show? In terms of yards, I think you're the third least penalized team in the National Football League. And with that being said, on the other side of the coin, you probably should be getting a couple more calls as well. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, uh, there's a couple things we got to clean up. You know, I've, I've always argued that there's, there's three types of penalties. There's the pre-snap penalties, which is a focus issue. There's the in-snap penalties, which can be aggressive or non-aggressive penalties. You always want them to be aggressive penalties. Aggressive penalties are okay. The non-aggressive penalties are the ones where you're just not clean with your technique, you're lazy with your footwork, and you force yourself into a penalty. And then it's the post-snap penalties, which are the unnecessary roughness, the tauntings, uh, the, the undisciplined penalties, if you will. And, um, and so you're always trying to challenge the ones that you've got control over. You have the control over focus. You have the control over discipline. The aggressive and non-aggressive penalties, sometimes that happens, and that's okay. Um, but, um, but we got a good group in that regard, and, you know, we're, we're never, we got to earn our stripes with getting some of these calls. I, I think we haven't had a rough in the passer call since, uh, I think it was 21, uh, my first year here, which is fascinating with how, with how liberal they've been with uh, calling uh, uh, penalties on or roughing the passer penalties with everybody else. But, uh, you know, if we keep being aggressive and we keep making the name for ourselves, keep earning that respect, maybe we'll get a few calls. What about this week and how interesting the matchup is? Because you've always talked about your respect for Wink and the way they approach defense is so different than you. Yeah, uh, I watch them and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in awe. I'm like, how do they coach all this? Because you're expecting to turn on the tape and say, okay, they got a hundred different defenses. They're going to have free runners everywhere. And that's not the case. You know, they've got body in a body. They're in their zones. Uh, the pressure's getting to the quarterback. They're, they know exactly where they're supposed to be. They're, they're, they're aligned properly. You don't see people running all over the place. Um, they're very sound. Um, it is a very well-constructed defense and he does a really nice job coaching it. And, and you're right. It's a complete opposite of what we are. We are, four-man rush and just play zone and they're 
bring the house as many times as possible and they'll play zone behind it man behind it they'll four man rush they, they do a little bit of everything and it's uh and they do a really good job with it and uh over the last few all season really they've been playing at a very high level um you really got to ignore the stats when you look at them the raw data uh you really got to look at at their playmaking ability and and the things that they've done they've especially the last two weeks uh they've made it very very difficult um on offenses uh they made it difficult on san francisco uh, they made it difficult on the last Buffalo. They made it difficult on Washington. Um, they got a good football team. They're doing a really nice job. You said offensively you think you're really close. And you're moving football, so now it's just converting in the red zone. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about it. It's the last, you know, Kansas City, I felt like we, we performed well in the red zone. Um, uh, the last two weeks we've gotten there nine times, uh, only got in once, and you can argue those because Philadelphia let us score or – they didn't, whatever it was. Um, only they know. But um, but at the end of the day, you know, when you try to divvy it up and you're trying to figure out why, well, you know, what what's the why? How come we didn't get it? How come we weren't able to punch it in? It's a little bit of everything. Denver felt like we could have been a little bit better as coaches in terms of the way our uh, the the scheme we draw uh, we drew up, the aggressiveness at which we called the game. And on the flip side, uh, when you get to the Philadelphia game, felt like we could have been cleaner with uh, with regards to execution. The penalties kicked us out of it. We had some opportunities to score, um, and it didn't happen. So it's a little bit of everything right now, and we just we're getting there, and that's the positive part. Um, the key for for everything else is going to be how do we how do we punch it in, and that's going to be consistency and eliminating self inflicted wounds. Quickly, uh, defensively, I know you guys are going to be prepared for whatever quarterback they throw at you this week. But can you talk about the emphasis takeaways in the off season and how that's come to fruition here early in 2023? You you always emphasize uh, takeaways. You don't want to live off the takeaway. You know, um, uh, there's things that we've got to do better defensively to to not live and die by the takeaway because it's right now in in the three games we've won, we've had plus three or, or three or more takeaways, and in, in the games we haven't, we haven't been able to take the ball away. Um, and, you know, you want to be a dominant defense with or without takeaways. And uh, now, with that said, takeaways forever in the history of football are the, is the greatest indicator between wins and losses. And uh, so you're always going to emphasize them. You always want to take the ball away. You always want to make sure that, uh, you know, offensively you're finishing with a kick. You're either punting the ball, kicking a field goal, um, but you never are kicking an extra point. You never want to finish any other way. Or defensively, you know, we always joke, you don't, you don't want them to finish with a kick. You want to finish with the ball mm-hmm. somehow. Every play, every technique, everything we do is designed to take the ball away. And uh, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But, um, you know, if we continue to put pressure on the quarterback and we can generate leads or keep the games close and where teams feel like they have to press to make a play, uh, uh, we feel like we could take advantage of them. What do you think the atmosphere, atmosphere is going to be like this week? You guys have played so well at home, but you're the away team. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. You know, you're it is the Giants, and uh, I'd imagine that it's still gonna be a Giants crowd. I'm, I'm sure some Jets fans are gonna sneak in there. I hope, um, but uh, it's my first Jets Giants experience, true one, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Heads up, Jets fans. There are more identity threats than most people realize, and you can't catch them all on your own. It takes a team. LifeLock catches the identity threats you could miss. If something happens, your own U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. Backed by our million-dollar protection package. 
Plus, Jets fans can score 35% off their first year. Go to lifelock.com slash Jets or use promo code Jets at checkout. That's 35% off lifelock.com. That was EA, Coach Sala. This is the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock. As always, now it's time. Round of applause. JP from Brooklyn. What's going on, guys? What's going on? I'm a little on edge right now. All this spooky stuff in, the, in all the Halloween vibes. Did you have a nice bye week, pal? I had a fantastic bye week. Good. Cynthia, JP from Brooklyn went back to actually his actual home, The Rock. Ooh, what'd yeah. you do up there? Home cooking. Again, another shout out to Kathy Polano. I yeah. know that's two in Listen, a couple of Kathy Polano is the star of this. She's yeah, the she star is. of this podcast. Kathy Polano might have to make a cameo. <laughs> uh, she might. She might. Or just send some must. home cooking. Her, yeah, her baked ziti's got to make a cameo. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, for sure. I feel like Thanksgiving episode, we got to get the moms in because Marianne Freeland will want to say hello as well. That's that's fine. <laughs> Terry Greenberg would say hello. She would not cook anything. Nothing. She, <laughs> she would bring nothing to the spread. Like, that, mm-hmm. that, that would not... We don't want that. We we don't want that at all. Because if Terry Greenberg's in the kitchen, could be a question. And I love you, Mom, but you you know it's true. She's bringing good vibes, and that's <laughs> all we need. <laughs> all she needs, all we need is good vibes. She can definitely help with that. So, let me ask you this, John Polano. It is spooky. Are you gonna have a spooky segment? I got a little bit of a trick or treat spooky segment okay. for you. Uh, I'm ready. You ready, Cynthia? Are you ready? I'm ready. Cynthia, are, are, do you see the Halloween decorations coming up in LA? Are you seeing all that stuff? Yes, there are. My neighbors, especially, have some. I'll take some pictures. Some like really scary Halloween stuff. Like my neighbors are freaks. I think I don't know. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you guys some pictures. <laughs> it's it's actually pretty terrifying. Some of the stuff they do. Like, Good thing you have Gordy. I know Gordy saves me. He he doesn't like it either. He barks at him. Oh okay. Hey, um, let me ask you this before we start. Cynthia, what is your favorite Halloween candy? It's really tough. I mean, I love a good Kit Kat moment. Mm. Um, probably like I like the mini. You know, they make those like special ones with like white chocolate and whatever for for Halloween. Yeah. So that's I like that a lot. But I'm kind of like I'm also kind of a traditionalist when it comes to it. So Reese's Pieces, the little one, you know, the little bags or the peanut butter cups. Oh uh, yeah, I think I'm Team PB cups. What about you, Polano? Mm-hmm. Love peanut butter cups. Big Butterfingers guy though. Okay. Yeah. I, I think Three Musketeers is sneak is like an X factor. Ooh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. So you can't sleep on a Three Musketeers ever. He's, nope. a, he's a glue guy. Yeah. <laughs> it is a glue guy. You might not know that you needed a Three Musketeers until it's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're ruffling through like. Hundred percent. Yeah. You're going through that Halloween candy like later in the season, like later November. You're like, I don't really know if, if there's anything good left in here after you've picked off the top, but you hit that Three Musketeers. Oh. Is it fair to say, is it fair to say that a Three Musketeers is equivalent to Michael Carter II? How do we feel about that? I would agree. I like that. That's a really good, that's a really good analogy. Thank Mm -hmm. you. All right. I'm I'm done with the candy talk. I'm getting hungry. All right. Let's do some trick-or-treating here. Okay. So for this segment, coming off of week week six bye, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of up in the air. Like we have some takeaways. We have some storylines from early on in the season, but I just want to see if you guys think they're more tricks meaning they're not totally true, they're a little bit false, or are they treats? These are real things that are going to affect this Giants-Jets matchup. Does okay. that sound good? Yeah, I'm ready to roll. Great. All right. Are, are we going to, like, are we both doing the same, like, trick-or-treat, or are we going to ping-pong the trick-or-treats? I think you both should give an answer. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. All right, awesome. So first we're going to talk about the Giants' defense. And Cynthia kind of already hit on it where their run defense hasn't been super great. They're giving 137 yards per game, which is – 
six, number six in the league, and they're giving up 10 rushing touchdowns, which is number three in the league. Um, but over the last two weeks, they've only given up 21 points. They've given up just over 200 yards rushing over the last couple of weeks. And just if what you're hearing from inside the Giants' facilities is they are playing a little bit better. Kayvon Thibodeau has five and a half sacks this year, had one and a half last week. Are you buying that this Jets defense is getting a little bit better? Or this, sorry, this Giants defense get a little bit better? Or is Brees Hall still going to undress them on Sunday? Cynthia? Can it be both a trick and a treat? Because I do think they're getting a little better, but I also think that Brees Hall is going to have a massive day. <laughs> okay. So I like it. <laughs> tricks and treats for me. <laughs> I like it. It's like getting the three musketeers and a, I don't know. What, what, what would, it, what would a trick be? All in one. But... Like what would it, what would a trick be in terms of a Halloween bag? Uh, like, like a can like an apple or like a, oh, an I used apple, to get toothbrushes yeah. back in the day. Uh, what? No, those yeah. horrible. Floss? You got toothbrushes? Yeah, floss. See, Cynthia got. What? I got floss before. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's horrible. What is going on here? Houses yeah. get TP'd later, you know. <laughs> okay. First of all, is, is Cynthia? Is this a Midwest? Like you're trick trick or treating in the Midwest, right? Detroit, mm-hmm. like in Michigan. Rochester is like the Midwest I, I, of New York. East so. Lansing. It's right. I'm like, it's East Lansing, Michigan, not, not East Detroit. Lansing. Fair enough. But you're getting floss. You're getting toothbrushes. What mm-hmm. is going on? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. And what kind of sick parenting is that? You cannot be given toothbrushes. If you're a dentist, you give a peanut butter cup and you say, here's my card when you have a cavity. You don't give the toothbrush. Exactly. That is rude. Yeah. Exactly. We used to get pencils from teachers too. Like, what? Teachers would give out stuff that would like help contribute in the classroom, but I digress. Okay, that is heinous. I'm offended. All right, let's get Ethan off this train. I'm offended. So, you both, so you're both saying treats for both, so the Giants defense is improving. I defer to Cynthia on this because she knows more than I do about like the X's and O's and what's going on. But like statistics alone and like watching the Giants a little bit on the bye week when I'm watching Red Zone, shout out Scott Hansen, Syracuse <laughs> alum. That's right, baby. Um, I think that when you take a look at the Giants defense, like they had pieces and they, they like they won a playoff game last year. And obviously they're not playing at the level that. They played at last year. I think that they're better. I do think that this is a good matchup for Brees Hall based on what Cynthia said earlier. So, treats for everybody? Treats. Treats. Uh, treats treats yeah. all around. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, love a good treat. All right, awesome. Um, Moving over to the Jets' offensive side of the ball, I think everybody's noticed Zach Wilson's improvement on the field, whether it be that Chiefs game that Salah mentioned where they started to open up for him. You've seen that improvement. But, I mean, statistically, 15% better uh, completion percentage, passer rating up up 20 points, and, of course, we're 2-1 in our last three games. 
Are you buying these Zach Wilson's improvements or are they more of a trick for you? I don't think it's a trick. I think that you really do see like stats alone, right? Like throw them out the window. When you watch the New York Jets operate on the offensive side of the football, the way that Zach operates, scans the field, remains in the pocket is not what you saw last year with the team. So to me, that's why it's what well, it's a treat, right? Like mm. I, I think it's true. I think that what you're seeing is actual improvements, even though the numbers aren't like top 15 in the NFL, like the, the numbers aren't great, but Robert Sala will be the first one to tell you, like, it's not all about the box score and the stats and the way that the Jets want to play football doesn't lend itself to Zach Wilson throwing for 300 plus yards. Like in the games that he's done it, like last year he threw for, I think over 350 against the Patriots at home. The Jets mm -hmm. lost that game. Like, that's not the Jets' recipe for success. So that's why I'm going treat. Yeah, so I'm I'm completely in alignment with you. So I, as a person who, like, my career is like numbers, it's not that they're prescriptive and 100%. It's that they help directionally tell us things. So the reality is, is when you're looking at Zach Wilson's numbers, look at the number that it shows how many pass attempts per game in wins versus losses to be more balanced 50 50 around there between run and pass is where Zach Wilson becomes really effective and efficient. So when you're looking at like, who cares about like Patrick Mahomes throwing for 300 is because t other teams also throw for 300 against him because they know that Patrick Mahomes could score in 15 seconds or 13 seconds. Right. The truth is, is that you want to be balanced run. Look at Jared Goff last week. The Lions were one of the most balanced teams in the entire league. They get trounced. They didn't even throw. I think they threw like, I don't know, on 11 or sorry, 89% of passes last game because they had to. So it's not necessarily that the explicit numbers tell you everything. It's the context around the numbers that informs the decision. So sure, like that, I don't care if it's only 15 percentage points higher in completion percent. That's a massive increase if you take it in the factor of, okay, how many first downs are we getting? How are, what are the things that are actually causal to success, meaning wins, or what are the things that are just correlated with it? You mentioned those those things that are correlated to winning. That kind of brings me into my next one, and it definitely involves Zach. Sala was talking Monday about that red zone efficiency, which I feel like he gets asked about every single week. And obviously, they're last in. He definitely does. I read the thing. I'm like, man, stop asking the same question. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, but obviously, they are still last in conversion rate, touchdown conversion rate at 29.4 percent. But he's talking about, he didn't necessarily say it was better. He said they were feeling better about it. They needed to execute better. Are you buying what he's selling in terms of, is this a, is this a treat? Are we going to play better in Nathaniel Hackett's gold zone against the Giants? The gold zone. The gold zone. See, the, like, the, gold, the gold is a treat, you know, Absolutely. like as opposed to the red. That would be a trick. So that's, mm -hmm. I like calling it the gold zone. Um, I, I would say... You, you wait. What is the question? Like, will they play better in the in the gold zone moving forward? Yeah, especially against the Giants, who are they allow fifty eight percent of their red zone trips from opponents end up in the end zone, which is the twelfth worst. Yeah, in the NFL. I, I would say I would lean treat because the Jets <clears throat> definitely have like the skill players to convert touchdowns, and mm -hmm. not to mention like this is going to sound this is going to come off worse than it, than it means to be, but like the Jets are close to the bottom of the league in red zone. Like, they, it, it can't get much worse. And I do think that it takes time to learn a system. You know, obviously, in the whole offseason, once Aaron Rodgers was here, like, this was Rodgers' playbook. It was his offense. Now you're catering things. You still have to learn it. Robert Sala said, like, even if Aaron were still 
starting quarterback of the Jets. Like it would take time to get everyone on the same page. I think a bye week helps that. I think the strength of schedule will help the Jets in this scenario. Granted, they still do play some good teams. Overall, I'm going treat. I'm with you on that. I'll just add another layer of context here that sometimes you have to look at the strategy and say, it's actually smarter given all the things you just mentioned to kick the field goal in the, in the red area than it is, or sorry, the gold zone (laughs) than it is to then to necessarily try something that won't work. Like you want to set yourself up for wins. So the, the truth is, is given all of those factors that you talked about adapting the offense for the guy who you weren't planning to be your starter, adapting some of the new pieces that came in from other teams, all of the time that that takes, well factor all those things together. And sometimes maybe in beginnings of seasons, it's smarter to just take the three and not worry about the touchdown. So the, the truth is, is, and you see some of these people with like, you know, fourth and fourth down attempts, like outside of the golds or their own red zones, other teams, red zones. Right. So it's like at, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all a little bit, it's a little bit too specific, but I do think that the, the ranking will go up because I think they'll, they'll get better. And specifically in this game, I do anticipate more touchdowns than kicking field goals. Sweet. I love that. I love that. Do you have time for more? We got, well, let, yeah, let's do the, this is the closer. Yeah. This is the Mariano Rivera of Woo! Trick or Treat. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm How about Billy about, Wagner? Yeah, there we go. I can, Billy I can Wagner, go Mets, go or uh, Edwin Diaz, <laughs> but he blew out his knee, so maybe oh, not. Yeah. Billy Wagner. Billy, Billy Wagner. Wagner. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so there are two things that have not happened this year, which could definitely happen this weekend. Quinn Williams has yet to convert a sack in his press conference, I believe, Monday. He said he would trade Quincy Williams, his brothers, two sacks <laughs> and give him his interception. Mm-hmm. So he wants he wants a sack really, really bad. And this Giants offensive line you guys talked about has been pretty <laughs> susceptible to that so far. What also hasn't happened is Sauce Gardner does not have his first pick. Obviously, he missed some time with the concussion, so maybe not a fair number of reps. Trick or treat, those two will be getting the first in those two categories this weekend. Oh, you're really putting us on the spot, huh? I think I think I'm going to go trick and treat. I think one of them will happen. Okay. And with Sauce's status up in the air still, I'm going to lend they even before you asked this question, I thought Cynthia that this would be like a prime game for Quinn and Williams with or without your guy John Michael Schmitz because he uh I think this is an advantage Quinn and Williams. Like he's obviously played some tough offensive lines, team's game plan for him. But the Giants' strength of their offensive line is at left tackle. And obviously, Andrew Thomas has not played in the last six games. We'll see if he plays Sunday. But if this is a game, to me, this is a game where, like, the all-pro defensive tackle for the New York Jets, who had over 10 sacks last season, this is where you make your name. Or this is where you make your statement, should I say. And I think that this is definitely a Quinn and Williams sack game. Love it. I'm with you with with the, I completely agree. So two things, Quinn and Williams has 26 pressures, which is actually, and you've had your buy. So he ranks fifth at the position. So amongst defensive tackles, he is the fifth highest, fifth most pressures. But the the reality is, is you have a buy and some of those other teams haven't. So number one, that ranking is a little off. So still top five, even with a buy. Second, Sacks are fickle, but interceptions are even more fickle than that. So when you're looking at interceptions, there's a couple of things that have to happen. And number one, they kind of have to throw the ball to your receiver. If I were game planning for Daniel Jones or Ty Taylor, likely Ty Taylor, I'm not throwing it into Sauce's coverage. So the chances of him getting an interception just go down because with the ball's 30 yards that way, it isn't going to come to you. So 
it, it's not it's not that uh, you know he's not doing well or whatever. It's that's res- that's putting some respect on his name, right? So I, I'm with you. I think it's a Quinn and Williams game for sure. And I'd like to see an interception, but I don't I don't think they'll be throwing into his coverage very often or often enough to earn an interception. How about this, Pilato? Tips and overthrows. Quinn and Williams tip. Sauce Gardner interception. Double treat from the game preview podcast. That's, How do we feel about that? That's something I feel. What if we do a reverse? Take home. What if we did a reverse? What if Quinnen Williams gets the interception <laughs> and then we see Sauce Gardner with a sack? Yeah, if that happens, none of us, we all deserve toothbrushes. <laughs> That'd be a real Halloween. trick. That would be a trick. That, that would, for everyone. That would be, it would be like a Sour Patch Kid. First they're sour, then they're sweet. This would be a trick, then it would be a treat. Oh, I'm here We'd for it. We'd be like, it. what? This yeah. is nuts. Yeah. That would be, and and for what it's worth, big Sour Patch Kids guy. Okay. Sour Patch Kids, Agreed. better than Sour Patch Watermelon, I stand by whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's, that's so wrong. No, that's it's so not. Wrong, you man. get variety. Depends on the color for me. Yeah, well, okay. But see, that, but Cynthia's point is why I like Sour Patch Kids more. Because you get variety. Watermelon, you just have the watermelon. Like, I like to have different And then your flavors. tongue gets crazy. Yes. I want one big bag of reliable. Just have you ever heard of Sour good. Patch Big Kids? I have not. Wouldn't they just be Sour Patch adults? That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, or Sour Patch like teenagers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I, I, someone told me adults. about it during the bye week. I've never seen them before, but now I'm on the hunt. Hopefully Halloween. I hope you, John Polano, JP from Brooklyn, and you, Cynthia JP Freeland. JP from Brooklyn. Yeah, JP from Brooklyn. And Cynthia Freeland and Hermosa Meach, courtesy of... <laughs> East Lansing, Michigan. Sounds real tough. Yep, real tough. Yep, re- real, yep. real, real tough. tough. You know? I hope neither of you get toothbrushes. I hope you have all the candy that you want and deserve. And everyone listening, I hope you have all the candy you want and deserve. Halloween's a great time, particularly if you have a sweet tooth like me. And that is how we wrap up the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock. Jets, Giants, Sunday, 1 o'clock, and we'll be back next week. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.